tonight for fun and so glad to see you here this is talk more talk a solo video cast talking about the Beatles stuff when they were apart but we don't just talk about them when they split up we also once in a while occasionally delve into the Beatles as a group no special time special releases like we all know let it be is going to be coming so I'm pretty sure it's a safe bet we're going to be discussing that when the time comes uh, I'm Joe Mayo and my channel on YouTube is Mean Mr. Mayo, where I talk about Beatles, solo Beatles. I do uh, record hunts and finds and show rare memorabilia. Do a lot of comedy. Uh, do some Yoko songs occasionally. Do a lot of crazy <laughs> things and have some fun, too, in addition to all of the serious stuff. Well, uh, tonight uh, we're going to have an interesting topic. Uh, but before we get to that, let me introduce my co-hosts to start with. She's the queen, the queen of all things, <laughs> of all things Beatles related, probably other stuff too. Uh, and, uh, she just got over a very harrowing root canal and she managed to survive. I'm happy to say, uh, she's the author of a couple of books. This one here, songs we were singing, guided tours through the Beatles' lesser-known tracks, and I don't know how many of you are lucky enough out there, but I've got an autograph, too, <laughs> down there, which is sure to become a collector's item and worth a lot of money in the future. Okay. She also has a book, Michael Jackson, FAQ. Please welcome Kit O'Toole. Hello, Joe, and I'm going to wait and see if you put that up on eBay. On that <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use another name if I do. <laughs> no, I would, oh, wouldn't think man. of it. I'm taking yep. this to the grave. There you go. Good okay. answer. Good answer. Hi, Tom. Uh, Hi, Ken. And hi, everybody. Hey. <laughs> and uh, we have someone here who's got a beard going here. And uh, <laughs> uh, I guess you could say that's kind of full looking. Uh, he has a podcast of his own. Uh, and he shares it with uh, Andy Nichols, the two hosts of this. It's a video cast. Uh, and it's actually about Paul McCartney called Two Legs. Welcome to Tom Chris Kringle. Hanyadi. <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for that wonderful introduction. Kit, Ken, I hope you guys are doing well. Hey, and hello, Tom. everybody out there. Yep. And last but not least, we have, as you know, 
the uh, long time, and I don't mean to make him say that, that he's the, the oldest here, but uh, he is. He's the eldest statesman here of, of the group, and uh, he has a syndicated radio <laughs> program, Every Little Thing. I'm sure many of you already know him from there. And he also hosts the podcast, Things We Said Today, with his co-hosts, Alan Cozen and Darren DeVivo. It's Ken Michaels. Hi, Ken. Hey, Joe. Hey, Kent. Hey, Tom. Good to be with you. Hey, everybody Hello. watching. Yeah, and our topic is going to be, in case you didn't know already, it's going to be uh, on the albums of the Beatles, you know, there's so many songs that we think would have made really great singles. Uh, and not just because we necessarily like them personally, favorites, but would make just in general really good singles. And we're going to be getting into that, and we're going to find out, you know, what each of us thinks are some real good uh, contenders for that, and what some of you think. Hopefully, you'll be giving your ideas too. But before we do, I think we got a nice packed amount of news today from Ken. So, Ken, why don't you start us off? That's usually what happens when you do a show once every two weeks. A lot accumulates. <laughs> so, uh... anyway, the first few news items are on two of the Beatles' sons, and. The first one is a serious subject regarding the health of Julian Lennon. He posted online that a few days ago he went to visit his dermatologist in L.A., where she noticed that a, there was a little bump on his head that actually was a mole. And it had been there along with the birthmark for the last 57 years. She urged him to have a biopsy, only to learn, to learn 24 hours later that it was malignant and cancerous and she urged him to have it removed immediately. She says, uh, Julian says, hopefully we managed to remove all that was cancerous, but the mole is being sent off for further deeper analysis and he will have the results of that test next week. This health scare has prompted Julian to urge everyone to have health checkups as often as possible. Let's hope and pray that the results from these further tests are that Julian is okay. Indeed. So I don't know if you guys had heard about that, but uh, yeah, yeah. You in your prayers about this. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, at least they've made a lot of strides in, in skin cancer, and so I'm 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 cautiously optimistic, but I mm -hmm. I wish them all the best. Right. It's a good thing that he went to the dermatologist. In yeah, the first place. that's yeah. for sure. Okay. News from two weeks ago about George Harrison's son Danny and uh, the Harrison estate bringing back the Dark Horse label by partnering in a new multifaceted global deal with BMG. This agreement will include releases from the acclaimed catalog of George Harrison's legendary Dark Horse label, and also his Indian label imprint, Harrisongs, as well as Joe Strummer's solo catalog, including his works alongside the Mescaleros. Dark Horse Records will also release new recordings through BMG, including the current Tom Petty Estate charity single, For Real, for Tom, which uh, we discussed in the last show, that features Jacob Dylan, Danny Harrison, Amos Lee, Lucas Nelson, Micah Nelson, and Willie Nelson. Willie hmm. with his two sons there. The first releases came out on Friday, January 24th, on all digital platforms, including the George Harrison-produced Ravi Shankar Chants of India, also, Ravi Shankar and Ali Akbar Khan in concert, 1972. Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros' albums, Rock Art and the X-Ray Style, Global Agogo and Streetcore, and also the band Attitudes. And the album called Ain't Love Enough, The Best of the Attitudes, 
Upcoming releases in 2020 include compilations, live albums, and box sets featuring rare and unreleased recordings from the Dark Horse label, many of which will be made available digitally for the first time ever. So there's two issues concerning this, uh, as far as I'm concerned. First of all, is this strictly digital? These releases, like which I which I think it is. I don't think we're mm -hmm. going to see any physical releases at all. And does it include George Harrison's own solo music? Now, I'm not 100% certain. I'm trying to find out more about it, but I'm pretty sure that it's all handled by Universal. I don't think that George's stuff on the Dark Horse label enters into this. I could be wrong, but I hope to uh, find out more about this. Would that Certainly by the next show. Would, the, would, would Universal then own unreleased? Stuff as well. I mean, would they be able to kind of like, you know, slip in something that Universal doesn't necessarily own, like unreleased George Harrison material? That I don't know. It's just I, I personally think that Universal covers everything from George mm. now. Okay. Um, right. So we'll have to wait and see. Last year, a highlight for many of us was seeing Danny Harrison open for Jeff Lynn's ELO while touring the U.S. It's just been announced that Danny will be joining Jeff again on the road for Jeff's From Out of Nowhere tour, which so far will be a UK, Euro, Ireland tour with 15 dates beginning September 19th through October 21st. Will there be a return to the U.S. this year? And with Danny, we'll have to wait and find out. Okay, while the world is in complete shock and extremely saddened by the death of NBA legend Kobe Bryant, as well as his daughter Gianna, who along with seven other people died in a helicopter crash on last weekend, Paul McCartney released this statement on the tragedy. So sad to hear about Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and their friends. He was a great player and a very impressive human being, sending many blessings and much love to all his family at this most difficult time. Love, Paul. Very nice words there from Paul McCartney on that horrible, horrible tragedy. And, well, speaking of sports, not much to say about it, but Paul and Nancy were at the Super Bowl <laughs> yesterday. And I saw Paul just jiggling around rooting for, I don't know what team. I don't know who he was rooting for. <laughs> but he looked like he was having fun. He sure did. <laughs> we all know Paul attends a lot of sporting events anyway. He's been to Yankee yep. games. He's yes. been to, I think, Lakers games, too. Red Wing games. Really? Detroit. Yeah, you don't notice oh. the Detroit Red Wing uh, logo on one of his acoustic guitars. Oh, okay. Very good for pointing that out. Yeah. I'll have to make that part of a trivia question sometime okay. on my website. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> also, Variety is reporting that a screening of a few minutes of the upcoming documentary on the Beatles' Get Back, Let It Be sessions, directed by Peter Jackson, took place at Universal Music's annual showcase that coincided with the Grammy Awards. Jeff Jones of Apple Records said, because of the perception that the 1970 movie was a depressing look at the Beatles coming apart, Jackson was brought in to digitally clean up old footage, removing what reporter Jem Aswad described as the murky, shadowy atmosphere of the original. Jones said, we have created a brand new film that will attempt to bust the myth that the Let It Be sessions were the final nail in the Beatles' coffin. According to Aswad, Jackson succeeded based on what was shown. He is quoted as saying, an amazing counter-narrative to the Let It Be film has ensued. It's brighter, both visually and spiritually, with many, many shots 
of the Beatles joking around, making fun of each other, singing in silly accents, and generally indulging in vintage mop-top hijinks. It also features many scenes of the group rehearsing songs from the Abbey Road album, their true swan song, which would be recorded over the following summer, and even rough versions of songs that would appear on solo records. On the basis of this clip, Beatle fans will lose their minds over <laughs> this film. We're all waiting to see this. Yeah, sounds so, promising. Um, I, I cannot wait. Yeah, so well, I, was any... to, uh, I was listening to the, uh, the, the Black Album Bootleg, which is, you know, recordings from that month. Uh -huh. and they do a hilarious you know it's not a full-length version but it, it's maybe a minute long and it's uh their you know version of the house of the rising sun sure. and, you know you know and it's just hysterical you know and it just sounds like they really are having a lot of fun you know doing that mm -hmm. whether or not they're you know they're making fun of that song or not i don't know but it's just <laughs> you know it's it's still you can tell they're having fun a good time it's the beatles as they were you know it was yep. very loose some of those yeah. sessions and uh, mm -hmm. a lot to explore there. I know there are certain fans who have listened to all the bootlegs from Let It yeah. Be, and there's quite a lot of material there. Oh, that's true. Yeah. A few more news items left. Uh, mm -hmm. A new documentary, John Lennon, The Final Year, will be coming out this year to time with the 40th anniversary of his death. It will include never before seen interviews with people who spent time with John during the last years of his life. The film's producer is the ever-tireless Ken Womack. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I don't know. He never leaves his computer, like I said, but yeah, uh, he's working safe, on this film, too. Yeah, safe to say he'll be on uh, a future episode here talking about it. So <laughs> when okay. it comes out. Uh, Ken also has a book to coincide with this coming out uh, around John's birthday called John Lennon 1980, The Final Days in the Life of Beatle John. All right, mm -hmm. so more stuff to look forward to there. Plus, finally here, a reminder that on February 11th, we'll see the 50th anniversary release on Blu-ray and HD digital of Harry Nilsson's animated TV special, The Point, the Point. with yep. lots of bonus material. Now, I mentioned this before, but what I failed to mention was that Ringo, does the narration for it. Yep. When, this, uh, when, when the TV special aired first, um, Dustin Hoffman was the narrator. Yes. And uh, for all future releases for home video, Ringo was the narrator. And mm -hmm. so this is the brand new version. The last one that came out a few years ago had a, load of, a lot of bonus material. This one has even more. It's loaded. I was, yeah, I was just looking at them uh, before we started and it, it's jam packed. Mm -hmm. I just did an interview, by the way, with Keith O'Nilson, who is mm -hmm. one of Harry's seven kids, and he's involved with um, with some of the bonus material on the point, and he also plays bass on the new Harry Nilsson album called Lost and mm -hmm. Found, which is made up mainly of Harry's last songs. So, uh, yeah, a lot to look forward to on this new uh, 50th anniversary Blu-ray of yep. the point. And that's it. Well, we're also well, getting uh, we're also getting Ringo the Fourth this month as well, the reissue from Friday okay. Music. All right, I got I have my order in. <laughs> okay, everybody. So okay, well, thanks, Ken, and we're going to get on to our main topic, which, uh, as I said before, is going to be what we think might have been really good choices 
for singles that the Beatles could have had out in the 1970s and 1980s only. And I thought I could hand it over to Ken and maybe you could explain a little more of the criteria of what we're going to be doing here. Yeah, well, first of all, um, I'm sure that for some of you who followed all the solo music, there have been times when you've heard songs from the albums that you thought were dynamite cuts that might have been big hits. And for some reason or another, they weren't released as singles. That's what this is all about. But first of all, we should stress that you have to kind of detach yourself from being the fan that you are, if it's possible. Right. And um, think about what would have worked on the radio, what commercially would have worked, what really would have been big hits. Not necessarily songs that are favorites of yours. In fact, it could even be a song that you hate, <laughs> but it might have made a good choice as a single. Like, for example, a song that I, I devour, Little Lamb Dragonfly, which I think is one of <clears throat> Paul's best post Beatles songs, certainly in the 70s. I can never see that as a single. You know, it's a great mm -hmm. song to me. I would never see that as a single. So these have to be songs that we all feel would have been big hits had they come out. Also, um, we're stressed. Well, one that second, Ken. One second. I mean, define big hit. Are we talking top 40? Bigger, if possible, okay, top, top 10, top num one, number one, one you know, right. uh, songs. Top that 40, you know, this is the solo Beatles. We're talking about the Beatles, solo Beatles here. Top 40. Huh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> poo, poo, poo. <laughs> yeah, well, the Beatles had singles in their solo careers that hit number one, top 10, yeah. top 20, top 40. Songs right. that you feel had potential as singles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And also we're stressing that it has to be in the U.S., the reason being because there were singles released in other countries and it gets confusing right. to know what was released in Europe as opposed to over here. It also gets yeah. confusing, you know, for me sometimes, I'm so used to seeing some of the solo videos that were made. For right. some of them, like You Don't Know Me At All, mm. one of Ringo's songs, that was a video that was made and it was a single in the UK, but it never was a single here. But you right. think, well, there was a video made. It must be a single. So we're really, we're really talking about the U.S. We have to simplify it and just talk about in America. Yes. And yes. Um, so we're kind of, we're just limiting it to just that. Also, um, let me bring up the song "Maybe I'm Amazed," which I thought we have to bring up in this case because the first McCartney album didn't have any singles released from it, and I think just about everybody on the planet agrees that Maybe I'm Amazed is one of the greatest songs of his career, but it never was released as a single, the studio version. But you really can't pick that one because the live version from Wings Over America was a hit. But so not it, in 1970. No. 1970, there was no 1976 yet, though. Yeah, there's 1976 and Wings Over America, and then that became a top 10 hit. So yeah. it really was a hit, just the studio version wasn't. So if you want to mention Maybe I'm Amazed, that's fine. But we're all going to pick two songs each from each Beatle. Right. And with Paul, you could say Maybe I'm Amazed, but you have to pick two others. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, right. Also, one more thing. The reason okay. why we're, we're stressing the 70s and 80s oh, yeah. is because of the way that radio is structured. Terrestrial radio operate, operates like a business. And every single format of radio has a certain demographic audience. And hit records are played on what we used to call Top 40 radio, which were later called contem uh, contemporary hit radio stations, CHR radio. And they have a target demo. 
usually from 12 to it's 34 or 44 years old. Once an artist gets older, the people who program those stations in that format feel that that audience doesn't care about that artist anymore. So they're gradually phased out of the programming of that format. And that happened a lot in the solo Beatles from the 90s on up. Really, when you look at the hits of the solo Beatles, their prime time was the 70s and the 80s. And thank God George Harrison had a number one hit with Got My Mind Set On You, which hit number one in January of 88. That's like that and My Brave Face hitting the top 40. You know, that was kind of the end of having major hits for the solo Beatles. And it has nothing to do really with the quality of the music because they released great stuff from the 90s on up that maybe some of us felt should have been big hits. I always bring up The World Tonight. The World Tonight is a oh, I love that. Oh, great yeah. single. If that song had been released as a single in the 70s, especially at the height of, of Wings fame, uh, even in the 80s, it would have done much better. But the people who program that format of radio to stop playing Paul for the most part. He did get airplay on MTV and VH1. I'll give, yes. I'll give him yeah. there. I do but remember as far, that. As far as terrestrial radio, the airplay just gradually became eliminated. And that's how it is with just about every single artist. It's not just the solo Beatles. Yeah. It's Elton John, it's Eric Clapton, it's Rod Stewart. If yeah. they're lucky, they make the adjustment and then they can be heard on, say, adult contemporary radio. But as far as the stations that control the hits, and in the Hot 100 on Billboard, gradually, you know, it all ended after the 80s for the most yeah. part. You know, sure. it's sad to say, but like I said, it's got nothing to do with the quality of the songs. So many because, songs, had they been released in the 80s or 70s? Right. I think of Ringo's uh, single, Weight of the World, which I exactly. think was a natural hit, the natural born yeah. hit. It did nothing, really. Yep. You know, Hope of Deliverance might have been a big hit in, in the, one, yeah. the 70s and 80s. A Fine Line. Those songs, I think Come On To Me would have been a, a big hit yeah, I, in the 70s yeah. and the 80s. <laughs> I love that. But <laughs> those stations now are not going to play an artist, an aging artist. They're not going to play a 77-year-old Paul McCartney on their radio station. So that's yeah. just the way that it is. So for the time being, when it mattered... When the singles yeah. mattered, and We're there was a with chance that. Yeah. that these songs would have been hit, so I thought we should just focus on the seventies and eighties. All righty then, I think that's a good idea. And why don't we get rolling? And we're going to take two from each Beatle, right? You said right. we're going to do. Let's uh -huh. start with Kit. Kit, what's uh, your your uh, choice? Well, 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 who do you who do you want to? Are we going to do all four at the same time, or are we going to do one each? That's uh, up to me. Why don't we do one each? Okay. 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 One each. Okay, so um, let's see. So for okay, I'll just start with George. Um, okay. And you know, and it's it's interesting as I I went through these picks. By the way, that there were some songs, and I'm focusing on one right now from Matt Smith. Give me some truth. That was one that I voted for as well. That I just thought. Really, that wasn't a single. <laughs> it feels like it should have been. So there were there were some cases with other uh, songs I couldn't believe, and one of them. George was Wawa. I can't believe that wasn't a single. When you, you know, when he played it live in concert, it killed. Um, and it was a different sound, obviously, from the, uh, you know, some of the other All Things Must Pass stuff. It was, you know, more, more of a rocker. You know, and, uh, but it had 
you know, some soul to it with the horns and just had this really big sound. And I think that could have done very well. And, and as I said, judging from, from crowd reaction to it, um, mm. I, I just, I, I almost was shocked when I double checked. I thought, you know, oh, this must have been, you know, must have been a single. I must be misremembering it. No. Uh, it wasn't so. Um, so Wawa was was a big one uh, for me. Uh, so now are we going around. We're doing one for each. Well, I, right I just want to say if, I, if we can interject our opinions. I mean, oh, I love sure, Wawa. I lo love that track. Uh, mm -hmm. However, personally, I, you know, I don't see it as a single. I don't know if mm -hmm. anybody else would. It just to me, it seems long. Uh, well. And again, Hey Jude was kind of <laughs> yeah. was like a Rolling Stone. Exactly. So I don't know. Uh, and Matthew Smith, who had said, uh, give me some truth. Great, great idea. But I'm just wondering, too, with the tricky dicky stuff in there, if that would have worked. See, I don't know how mm -hmm. intense we want to get with what we think really had a good chance of being hmm. in. Or if there was a stipulation, something in there, maybe that would have been blocked or banned or something. Mm -hmm. But that's just an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So... I love to go around song. now. Uh, no, I thought you were going to pick two from, from yeah. each needle. So okay, you so only I'll mentioned Wawa. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, second one. Boy, this was really a tough call. But um, I think probably I, I'd say Here Comes the Moon. Um, mm -hmm. I'm amazed that wasn't a single. Same, mm -hmm. you know, same thing. Um, it was, it's very, uh, and yes, Matt, thank you, Matt. That's, uh, he agrees with me as well. Um, that I think uh, it just has, it fit in with the kind of the mellow sound of the time, which was, what was it, like uh, 70, 76, or um, yeah, 70, 79, excuse me. Um, you know, I mean, it, it did would fit in with that soft rock kind of sound. It would have done very well on adult contemporary at the very least. Um, it had uh, just, you know, beautiful melody. And one of the things, one of the criteria I picked as well, you know, that, that helped me choose my songs was, is it memorable? You know, is it an earworm that, that sticks in the mind long after you've heard it? That, you know, that is something that's also important in a single to to me anyway is you know something that breaks through the noise of of right. radio and and here comes the moon it does that for me yes it's not a you know it's not wawa but it's uh but it really um you know it's become a beloved song in in mm. george's catalog and uh i i just mystified that it wasn't released yeah. as a single yeah, you know, when someone like me, when I'm first getting into George Harrison right at the uh, the Cloud Nine time, and, you know, Best of Dark Horse comes out, and it's on that Best of Dark Horse, so you automatically assume that, you know, it was a single here, you know, in the States, but, you know, exactly. like you said, it, it never was. Yeah, I'm shocked. Hmm. Okay, I, so, I kind of uh, disagree with both choices, but I love <laughs> both <wrong. That's> okay. <laughs> you, you want our opinions here. I think. Oh uh, yes, absolutely. Know, yeah, La La is a great song, and also, don't forget that was the first song George did at the concert for Bangladesh. So everybody yeah. was cheering him on there. Yeah. But uh, and it got a lot of airplay on rock radio. I look at it as as an album track, a really strong mm -hmm. album track that helped mm -hmm. to carry the weight of that album. And yeah. um, here comes the moon. Moon is a beautiful song too. I just don't yeah. see it as hit potential. Not along yeah. the same lines as say "Blow Away" was, you know. But mm -hmm. 
But yeah, I mean, many of the songs that I pick, by the way, like I, I don't see a lot of these as like number one hits. You know, right. I mean, there's a yeah. that's thing. These aren't going to be massive hits, but I could see it doing well on on certain charts. As I said, adult contemporary, that kind of thing. So, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to move on? A little? Yeah. Uh, we go All to right. uh, so Tom's now going to give his two right. From, we're going to do each Beatle, George, for you, okay. Tom. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I just find it amazing that, you know, with a triple album, mainly a double album, but, you know, only two singles were released from that, <clears throat> excuse me, album. And I, I find that there's so many, well, I think there's at least three or four other songs in there that I think personally had hit potential. And one of those being uh, the title track, All Things Must Pass. Um, I see that, you know, maybe edited down maybe, you know, 30 seconds to, to maybe 40 seconds, maybe shorten it down a little bit. I, I see that being um, a potential hit right after, um, you know, what is life? You know, you had, you know, a, a slower kind of rocker with all things must pass and then a, a real true rocker with, um, you know, what is life? And then maybe, you know, bring it down a little bit again with uh, all things must pass. Um, I just think it's lyrically, it, I think it's something that people, you know, everybody can connect to. And uh, musically, I, I, I think it's, it's it, I think it fits um, for that time period as well. I know we don't, you know, always want to use the word dated or anything like that. And I don't think that song is dated, but I think it is of that time, especially during that singer songwriter time where a lot of those people were having hits. Um, so uh, that's my first choice. Um, and, and it is the title track too of the album. I mean, yeah. you know, and I, I, I could see that as a single personally. And um, my second track was a song that uh, was going to be a single, and for some reason it got pulled at the last minute. And that's uh, "Don't Let Me Wait Too Long." Um, mm -hmm. You know, a very, very, very catchy song um, acoustically. I, I love, I love the production of that song. And George is in really, really fine voice. I know it's a lot of repetitive lyrics, but um, I mean, what there's a lot of songs out there that have constantly, you know, a lot of repetitive lyrics in it, and and we're big hits. Um, but uh, I think it it was a really strong song. And you know, I also want to say that a lot of these albums in the early '70s, they only had one one single from them, and it's a shame, or no singles for that matter. That's yeah. right. That's you know, shocking. And it, it really, really was a shame. And um, you know, and I utilized a lot of those, a few of those albums actually, because there's, I think, some great hit potentials on on these albums. And like I said, I mean, unfortunately, it was just, you know, not to be only one one single per album at the time for a lot of these albums. And that's that's that was a shame. Yeah, that's okay. a, that's the thing about that time period. Most albums mm -hmm. had one or two singles from most artists. It right. wasn't until, like, certainly in the case of the solo Beatles, 1973, you had Band on the Run with three yeah. singles and Ringo with three singles. Right. But prior mm -hmm. to that, it was very uncommon for that to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So, All right. Uh, so, uh, Ken, how about you? Well, I concur with Tom. <laughs> 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 uh, don't let me wait too long gets the number one choice for me. I do think that should have been a single, and I, I do believe it was going to be, and it was yeah. pulled mm -hmm. for I don't know what reason. And, right. you know, it, it's kind of sad because here is George with a number one single, Give Me exactly. Love. And you got to follow it. <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah. follow it with something else. 
you know, to go with the momentum of a number one single, and they didn't release a second single. And right. I think of all the songs on Living in the Material World, that one had the most commercial potential. So I would definitely put that one in there. Uh, this is um, another case of a song that had a video, but it wasn't released as a single in the U.S., and that was True Love. Mm. True Love, I think, is really catchy. It's uh, under three minutes, great right. melody, great cover of the Cole Por uh, Porter song, great slide guitar work in there. Real, I just hear top 40 all over it. I don't mm -hmm. see how that song could miss at least hitting the top 40 for George Harrison. You know, mm -hmm. for all the Beatles here, by the way, I have honorable mentions too. Because yeah, I've got some it's too. So tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. reading a lot of things. Yeah, just yeah. in case we've got uh, the same picks, I've got honorable mentions down. Me too. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I want to say that as I picked my two, the first one that I picked right right off the bat was "Don't Let Me Wait Too Long." All right. <laughs> uh, it was my first pick. I mean, I I think that was every time I hear that I say it's such an obvious single. Uh, you yeah. know, I wonder why that wasn't single. Uh, I had another one from the self-titled George Harrison album uh, called "If You Believe." Yeah. Uh, I thought that's very commercial sounding, very poppy. You know, uh, I thought that that has hit potential to it. Yeah. Uh, I picked that. Uh, I also I'll throw in uh, "Beautiful Girl." Of 33 mm. and a third, mm. I thought maybe yep. uh, had some potential as a single. Yeah. And that's, uh, what do you think? Yeah. If You Believe is one of my honorable mentions. Michael Rice, yeah. by the way, we, we see his comment. He says, Paul Farrow threw me. That was a single. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I was originally going to say teardrops. Uh, then I was informed that that was before the show yeah. that that already was a follow up, uh, a single, right? To all those it's after all those years, yeah. right. all those years, right? Um, all right. Well, uh, so let's move on now, and I guess we'll go around again. Um, let's save Paul for last because he, he's got so many. Why don't we go to John and see what we can find from John Lennon, uh, Kit? Well, this was uh, this was a tough call, and again, an another question of I was surprised these weren't released as singles. This one I knew that wasn't, but um, and somebody else, and I apologize. Uh, someone else mentioned this already as well. Um, I'm losing you. Um, mm -hmm. I I was kind of surprised that wasn't released as a single, and I'm talking. I love the cheap trick version. I would have loved to have seen that release too. Maybe the B side. I don't know. In, in my fantasy world, but um, but we'll go with the album version. Um, with or without the Yoko part at the uh, segue. Oh, that's, that's uh, true. On. That's true. That's, I wonder. Oh. It, it could exist without it. They they released it that way on. I think uh, was it on? Was it was it on the John Lennon? Maybe not. John Lennon uh, collection from '82. I don't think that one was on there. I, yeah. I don't think they took out Yoko. No. No. Yeah, but they I didn't put remember. that. They didn't put that track on that one. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe it was yeah. on the Lennon Anth the Lennon box set. Uh, where they had a final CD that had all of John's tracks from right. Double Fantasy and Milk and Honey on it. They might have had it on there yeah. by itself. Yep. Yeah. I, I just think it's, um, you know, again, it would have been, I think, a nice contrast because the other singles that, and they were all stellar, of course, that came from Double Fantasy, you know, Woman, uh, Beautiful Boy, Just Like Starting Over, uh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, all wonderful. 
but mm -hmm. I think it would have been a nice balance. I mean, that's another criteria I used for singles is, you know, I, I like seeing different sides of an artist and, you know, a mm -hmm. lot of artists will put out a ballad, then a rocker. And then, you yeah. know, and mm -hmm. so I thought for this, that, um, that I, I think I'm losing you would have been, you know, great. Cause that was the other thing that, you know, some people complained about at the time of double fantasy, though it was too soft and, and, you know, so right. this would have, yeah, this would have kind of answered those, those critics and, uh, you know, would have, uh, would have been a good single. Um, Boy, I, I'm really torn um, about this one. Uh, there are a lot here, but I was shocked the Jealous Guy was not uh -huh. a single. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I couldn't believe I mean, that is such a classic. Yeah. It's a fun one and, now. Yeah. 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 And, and I found out, I guess there was a single released of it in, uh, like, in the UK in the mid-80s, something like yeah. that. But yeah, it was I think um, in the U.S. in 1985. Yeah, right. You know, you know but long after the fact, I, I just was stunned uh, because, you know, that is, I think, one of John's finest, you know, hmm. finest works. Right. And, uh, it, you know, lyrically everything. And, I mean, yes, the it was very confessional, although that kind of fits in with the, um, you know, singer-songwriter yeah, friend of, of the time that they were, those were some very confessional uh, kind of songs. So, um, so yeah, that, that was another one that I, I was just absolutely shocked that it wasn't already a single. So mm -hmm. jealous guy yeah. for me, no brainer. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. With and, uh, okay. You have an, uh, another from, from Oh, John? you want another one? Oh yeah, gosh. You know, and again, this this is so so hard. Because some of these, I don't know if I would say they were super commercial. I think "Bless You" had a chance maybe for adult contemporary uh, audiences because that again, it was part of that Very soft. Adult. <laughs> kind of that, hmm. yeah, that sort of soft rock sound uh, that right. that became very popular in the seventies. So that was another one that I thought was a possibility. Kid, you and I are not in sync too much today. For some I know, no, we're not. We're not because I was going to say, I, well, I like the song "Bless You" as an album track. I, it's another one. I don't know. It just seems. What, what is it about it? I, I don't want to say slow because you have stuff like the first time ever I saw your face. Well, yeah. it's a single, right? But uh, I just can't see that really working as a single, personally. But yeah. um, I, what do you again, guys think? Again, mainly for, you know, a specific kind of audience, adult contemporary. Plus, it was just a different sound, a little bit of a different sound for John uh, right. from the from the time. You know, softer. And again, that soft rock, you know, movement in the 70s and, and into the 80s was big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, again, that's that's another case of a favorite of mine, but I couldn't mm -hmm. see it as a single. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many from the summer. I know. And I could say that it's about so hard. You know? And that's what we're trying to do here is separate your favorites from what you really think would have made it as a hit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jealous Guy, I'm glad that Jealous Guy has become the classic that it now is because mm -hmm. it certainly deserves it. And that's another case, just like living in the material world, one single from Imagine. That's it. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yep. I agree. So let's move on. Uh, well, we'll go to Tom now for. Uh, yeah. For, uh, as you can see, uh, Jealous Guy is my very first, uh, very first one. Jealous Guy. I, <laughs> I, I think that would have been a nice follow up uh, to Imagine. 
Um, you know, the, 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 the orchestration is, is beautiful. I, you know, he's in great singing voice, I, I, I think. And, and the lyrics are there, which I think, again, I think in the criteria as well is, you know, appealing to the, you know, to the person that normally wouldn't go out and buy a John Lennon record. And I think that's a good, um, a good song. I think that would appeal to the, you know, the, uh, casual Lennon fan. Um, Another one I've got that, um, again, Mind Games, only one single here in the state. And I think in a great follow-up for me personally, uh, Out the Blue, um, is, mm -hmm. I think would, would make mm -hmm. a nice, not necessarily, you know, number one, but maybe a top 20 for sure, um, in my opinion. Um, I love the story that he's telling. Um, you know, we all know that a lot of his songs are, are about Yoko, and I think this was one of the best ones out there, right up there with uh, Don't Let oh, Me Down, nice. Um, nice. you know, and um, mm -hmm. New, York's, New York City or whatever. But um, I think this is, uh, you know, something that would appeal to, to the mass audience as well. And um, I would love to have seen it uh, backed up with uh, Tight As as the B-side. <laughs> I thought that would make that nice. Nice to go, you know, so... Mm -hmm. No. Uh, Good choices. Ken, yeah. how about you, Ken? Okay. First of all, before I, I read mine, uh, I want to answer a couple of uh, responses here from our from our viewers. We're getting we, wonderful responses, yeah. by the way, and we will get to the. We're not going to be able to mention them all on air, but we yeah. will definitely respond to them after the show. So don't worry if we we don't display your comment right away. Uh, Rich Cutwika writes: Was tomorrow a single for Wings? No, it wasn't. There were no singles from Wildlife, but Love right. is Strange was touted as being a single, right. and that mm -hmm. was pulled. And in fact, if you have the Wings Wildlife Deluxe box set, it has the single edit version of yeah. Love is Strange. Love is Strange could have worked as a single, and I think Tomorrow could have mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. uh, two well, top I... contenders from, from Wildlife there. Mm -hmm. um, Tom Green wrote Meat City back with tight mm -hmm. ads. Very nice. I, I, I love those choices. Um, uh, as far as John is concerned, my number one choice will surprise some of you, but I'm actually surprised no, nobody's mentioned it. Oh, Yoko. Doesn't surprise me. I have it on my list. <laughs> okay. There are a couple votes for it. There are a couple votes okay. for it. Although, although I started thinking to myself, but because of the, the, the animosity hate and hatred toward That's Yoko, right. I'm wondering if they'd have a problem with it, you know, but it, as, a, as a popular commercial tune, go ahead, Ken. Yeah, it's just so damn catchy. It is. I mean, you yeah. listen to it once and you have it stuck in your head. And um, I did read that uh, the record company wanted John to make that the second single, but John refused because he said it went against his tough guy image. I mean, come really? on. I didn't know that. I, you know, is Imagine a rough song? <laughs> you know? Uh, he was thinking, he really fun. said that? Yeah. I've never heard that before. Wow. So um, not those exact words, but that that idea, you know? Um the acid tongue linen, you know, yeah. goes yeah. against that image. But uh, oh, Yoko, I think would have made a made a hit. Um, and excuse I me for a minute. I, excuse me. Let me just address Marvin G. He said that you know, he reminded us that you know, Meat City was a B side right. already for for Mind Games. But then that also made me wonder doing this: if a song was a, a B side, could we say, well, that maybe it counts to pick as we what we would have liked to be the A side hit? Yeah, I know? think it should. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, in, in those cases, those were mistakes, you know, in my yeah. opinion, because I, I think that highly of those songs. In fact, I thought we'd go through a few of them. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Um, 
Um, but getting back to John, I want to mention yeah. a few more. Uh, these yep. are honorable mentions. Definitely Out the Blue. Thank you, Tom. That's a great song that I, I more and more people are discovering it yeah. as being one of John's, you know, overlooked songs from his solo career. Beautiful song. Really yep. could have been, I think, you know, recognized as a great ballad in his solo career, even more so if it was a single. Um, and Matthew Smith wrote in What You Got. I put that yeah. in there too. It's a great funky track. It's so catchy, yeah. um, very edgy. I love that. You know, that could have been the follow up to Number Nine Dream. Instead, going with what we were just saying here, Joe, yeah. it was the B side of Number Nine Dream. <laughs> but it could have been the third single right, from right, Walton Bridges. Right. Um, also, uh, I also put Slip It and Sliding in there. I have I that on my list. Was... Leave, me, leave me some, will you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not, many, not many with John. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, a good, good, good choice, Ken. Good, it's good choice. <laughs> great energy in that song. And, you know, yeah. I love most of the rock and roll album. There are great covers there. But Slipping and Sliding just kicks butt. You know, everything about it is it's so perfect with the horns being what it is. And, you know, it's a really yeah. short song. You know, it could have yeah. worked. I mean, Stand By Me made it to number 20. I don't see why Slipping and Sliding would have, wouldn't have made top 40. Yeah, or very good, 20. very good. Yeah. Good pick. Um, I agree. You know, um, I'm going to keep my – I'm looking at my list, and I have to go to the runners-up, so to speak, you know, uh, because I did have Oyoko as the first okay. pick. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll go and Slipping and Sliding and a few others. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to – Keep along those lines, and I'm going to go with Bebopalula, we, and I, which I think was a single in other places. I think I have that uh, as a single. I forget what country it's from. Maybe Japan, I, I, possibly. But, you know, also around that period, or maybe it was a, a little late, but we had that kind of 50s revival, too, around there. Happy yeah. Days, 74, 75, American Graffiti, which, 73. Maybe mm -hmm. uh, a song like Bebopalula maybe could have been... Uh, Interesting on the charts. Okay. Yes. Yay. Nay. I don't know. What do you think? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, you make a good point about the 50s craze at that time. Yeah. I was so thinking of that's, that. That's possible. Now, here's one I'm wondering if anybody would agree with this, except maybe Ken. I'm going to the Mind Games album again. There are a few on there, but it's a song that it's not one of my favorites. And a lot of people say it's kind of cliched and slogany and all this kind of stuff. Uh, corny in a way, but it's only people, hmm. which I thought maybe has a commercial sound to it. I think they would they use that for a commercial recently or something. They did, but I can't remember what it was for. I remember yeah. something that ago. was used. As I, was a commercial too. I was stunned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think that even though, you know, yeah, it's got a lot of, you know, kind of outdated slogan. I mean, there's that word again that I don't like to use, but even back then it was kind of like, you know, cliched. Shade yeah. is good for it, mm -hmm. but I you think know. that's a good. So uh, I can go with a couple more, but we, you know, we have runners up. We got to, we should move on. But uh, intuition also is is a track that I kind of think is a good commercial uh, song. Yeah. A lot of people mm -hmm. I know kind of get down on that too. I know one guy that used to say oh, that's like John being like a cheap lounge singer or something. <laughs> doing it. Oh, oh, hey, hey, all right, you know, <laughs> you know all this kind of stuff. I don't agree with it, but uh, and it's it's also a it's an upbeat positive optimistic lottie dot through the park kind of thing for uh, <laughs> walk through the park for john uh trying to be positive like the way i looked at it and uh, 
So, well, no, I, without for, go ahead. No, I was going to say Intuition's a great choice. I always thought that was yeah. a very commercial song. I don't know how big a hit it would be, but I think it, it would definitely be top 40 status. One, one of our, uh, our our viewers here might put down I Know, I Know, and that's also uh -huh. not, not a bad idea yeah. either. For, uh, it's a great I think, song. Uh, I think You Are Here, too, may have been. Uh, yeah. Yes, you know, that was, that have, was nominated. Nice single, you know. Yeah. Excuse me. You know, there's a lot of great songs, like I said here, but I, it's hard for me to envision some of these songs as being hits. Right. You know, they're more album right, tracks, right. but really strong album tracks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and right, it's interesting right. you brought up only people because it is like slogan rock, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Like Power to the People was. Mm -hmm. You know, right. and it is catchy and it does work on that level. It probably mm -hmm. could have done something at that time. Again, top forty status. You know, I, I don't think it's lived up to being a song that most people think of as being amongst his best in a solo career, but everything, most of that mind games album, I think is totally brilliant, you know, very underrated. I love all the songs. What I think would make it as a hit, you know, it's like bring on the Lucy free to yeah. peep. That's, that's another well, slogan, slogan rock. If you want to call a, it that, if you want to, it's a good that. song, but of course yeah. there's a line in there, you, you know, kind of risque line in there that I won't mention. Okay. Yeah, this is a family song. show, Joe. Uh, you know, um, but uh, I'm look, I'm look, keep I keep watching the clock, so yeah, I'm gonna move a little bit here. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's go on to Ringo Starr and start with Kid Around again. Uh, now I know this wasn't a super commercial kind of song, but I think it had. You know, it had some a cr country crossover potential, yeah. um, you know, and uh, and it was just so darn catchy. Plus, yeah. you have um, George Harrison's vocals prominently uh, featured in there. I mean, you can definitely hear them, you know, great guitar. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it, it should have been not the lead single. I mean, I think they, you know called it that made the right call uh with uh you know with what the, the other songs they chose there were so many stellar i mean this is a great mm. pop album period sure. um so hard to say but i think i would say that uh that, yeah i think that could have done some you know it was a nice i, pop I, song, I, nice I agree with that one i like that one yeah i like that I choice mean, I, Exactly. Yeah, well, thank you. All right, we agree on something. I mean, <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. This is this is live, folks. Okay, exactly. Tom. Well, go how about you, Santa Claus? Okay, you thank say? you very much. Well, Leslie Adams, what do you got? Yeah, well, we all know how big Elton John was here in the seventies, and uh, the song was a a single in the UK. Um, didn't chart there, I don't think, but I think it would have done a lot better here because of the fact that uh, Elton John was such a, a super mega star here in the States, uh, Snookaroo. Um, I just think mm -hmm. it's, it's it's his style. It, I mean, it's it's the yeah. playful Ringo that, you know, we know from like the No-No song and, you know, mm -hmm. songs like that. And I think um, on the potential of that, uh, great instrumentation. It's just a very fun, you know, a happy record. And uh, I think that could have connected with 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 people um going to the bad boy album i think they they chose a lot of wrong singles for that and if i had my way i would have chose hard times um as yeah a, yeah oh just because that's a of good, the fact so, that, good I mean, choice it's, again it's 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 upbeat it's horns 
It's, um, you know, fun lyrics, again, from Ringo, from which we can come to expect from a Ringo song. I mean, obviously, you know, he did have, what, he had three number ones, um, but uh, I don't think this would have been number one, but I think he could have continued his streak of, of top 40 uh, hits that he had. Um, yeah, and, and you know, Tom, that song, Hard Times, for what it's worth, uh, on the Ringo uh, Stars TV special, the yeah. Ogner Rat special, yeah. they highlighted that. I remember the, mm -hmm. one of the segments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, those are my two, and I think uh, both of those would have uh, would have done well. Okay. Very good. And uh, Snookeroo also is my number one pick, but but um, that's another one where we could flip it because I believe it was a B side to maybe No No song. Yeah, it was a B side yeah. or something. You know, and I remember looking at the Billboard charts and it was listed like it was a double sided hit. Yeah. But really, the No No song got all the right, know, yeah. all the airplay. Yeah. Right. got some airplay on rock radio. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah but as a standalone, right. Snoop could work. Yeah. I mean, there was another B side too that I thought was really strong, but I don't want to. I don't know if any of you guys would have it too, you know. But uh, so I'll, I'll wait. And, I'll wait until to see if any of you guys. Okay, Ken, go ahead. Take go ahead and say it. Take my my number one choice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my number one choice is a song I loved from the moment I heard it, and um, because Ringo was kind of, he lost his momentum after Goodnight Vienna, and I still don't fully understand why, um, but You Don't Know Me At All, I think mm -hmm. was really a very strong song from Ringo's Rotogravure, and mm -hmm. I loved the dose of rock and roll, I thought that was a great choice for the first single, Hey Baby, eh. Yeah. I don't know if that should have been the second single. I probably would have made You Don't Know Me at all. It's just a really nice melody, very catchy. If it had gotten airplay like the songs from Ringo and Goodnight Vienna were, I think that song could have been a hit, at least top 40. You're going to say something? To be honest, I don't know. I mean, again, only in my opinion, I. I while I have, I enjoy you don't know me at all. I, I you know, you, yeah, we all have our own uh, feelings on these things, you know. Uh -huh. Nobody, like I could be wrong, you know. But uh, it doesn't seem to me to be a, a <laughs> potential single. But Kev, okay. Ken was the program director. He proved me wrong, maybe when he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so. I was the program director on my Beatles. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not for that. For that. Uh, um, so I have so another got... one. Okay, go ahead. I, I, my second choice will be an odd one to some people, but I always loved Simple Love Song Ooh. from Ringo the Fourth. Oh. I thought it's a very simple song and very catchy. Kind of starts simple. off with um, with strings kind of like Philadelphia Freedom from Elton John, I felt. Um, I thought that song had potential. But then again, Drowning in the Sea of Love, which was the first single from, oh no, Wings was the first single yeah, from that album. And that didn't do well. And Drowning no. in the Sea of Love didn't do well. So, you know, if you've got two singles that are that that didn't chart well at all, the chance right. for a third single, you know, there, there would have been no chance for it to be a hit. But well, I still third time's a charm sometimes. Well, maybe, maybe a simple love song should have been the first or second single. One. And I also want to say as an honorable mention, six o'clock. Oh, that's the one yep, I, thought you, I thought you were going to leave that for me. That's the one I thought you were going to take. <laughs> <Okay. from Kenny. laughs> They're going to number of votes for that. So, yeah, uh, six o'clock. Yeah, uh, that was my first, the first one I thought of. 
Um, but however, I was doing it in my mind. I was going, you know, album by album. I mean, I did Sentimental Journey, Bukus of Blues, and so on. Uh-huh. But uh, 6 o'clock, I think that's a good single choice. The thing is, I thought maybe it's a little too long, though. Could be a little trimmed somehow, maybe, if they were going to no. put it as a single. <laughs> the, the regular version, the regular version from the Ringo album was just the right length. But then they had the so extended that, version, which I the think... The long, was, long extended but, version. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So, um, all right. Well, uh, so 6 o'clock I had... But I also had... Uh, funny, I had a couple of other songs from the Bad Boy album by Ringo. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about them. Uh, I was thinking of Tonight. Mm-hmm. That's real. That really is a, an album track when you think of it, you know. But I was wondering. I was thinking about that today. Would that make it as if it was a radio song? Here's the you know the new song by Ringo, and they played tonight. Uh, I don't know. Well, don't think, of, don't, don't think about today. Think about 1978. Well, that's, well, that's what I meant. Did yeah, I say yeah. today? I meant. Well, I meant you know. I meant at the the time. You know, uh-huh. uh, if they had said that, would it would it have been? Uh, this is Ringo's new song, you know. Uh, mm. Would it have done anything? I also like mm. "Hard on My Sleeve," which is that both was a single. Slower songs, you know. Oh, that was. See, that Ringo was, was going to do that at some point. Yeah. Uh, okay, "Hard on My Sleeve." Well, there you go. I told you it was a good single. It would make a good single. It was. In fact, let me tell you something. When "Bad Boy" came out and "Lipstick Traces" was the first single, and it didn't do that well at all, I wrote to Portrait Records. And I said, I really think you should make Heart on My Sleeve the second single. And they did. And, and it's still. But you know, radio was not playing him at that time, right. period. Right. You know, top 40. Yeah. That's something that I brought up here before. I wish we'd do a show on it. Why you think suddenly, right after Goodnight Vienna, everything started to tank for Ringo? Yeah. Was it really because the music wasn't as good? What happened there? I mean, yeah. he, he did so well from 1971 through 75, from It Don't Come Easy through the No No Song. Even Good Night Vienna made the top 40, and then a, a Dose yeah. of Rock and Roll made the top 40, and then all of a sudden, everything stiffed. You know? Yeah, yeah. Even, 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 even though I enjoy some of the, the, those songs off Roto Gravure, have you seen? That one, not so much, but. Ringo the Fourth, which I also enjoy. We did a show yeah. on that. I enjoy some stuff off that, but that I could see maybe losing a little, you know, as compared to Ringo, Goodnight Vienna, and even Roto Gravure, you know. Right. I guess yeah. a little step down. Yeah. One other thing. I know I mentioned Six O'Clock, and Kit, you mentioned Sunshine Life for me. Remember, that was at a time when we didn't have more than three singles. That was a lot right, from right. one album. So. You're asking for four singles, or are you asking for one of those singles to be eliminated of, of those first three? And right. the three singles from Ringo and from Band on the Run did so well, you know, mm-hmm. would you have substituted those songs? I wouldn't have. Yeah. But, but you know what, the, who's to say that the, you, you, you stop at three singles? I mean, if, if the songs are, are con- continuing, continuously charting high, why stop? I mean, you know, that may, you know, maybe that gives the artist a little bit more time to, you know, before he needs to put his next album out or, or whatever. But, um, you know, if you feel like that the album is so strong, why stop? I mean, obviously, we're, I'll talk about that soon when I once we get to Paul. But once you got into the '80s, I mean, people were putting yes. five to six. Five yeah, people were putting for sure. Five to six singles out per album. Mm, Michael yep. Jackson. 
Michael yeah. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. perfect example. That, 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 I mean, that's right. hysteria. You know, I mean, a lot of these albums had. How many singles, singles were out from that Cindy Lauper album that I like? Uh, She's so unusual. But in those days, in those days, three was a lot. Right. In nineteen seventy-three. So that's different too because bands were putting albums out every year as opposed to every two to three years once once we got to the eighties. So you're thinking logically, Tom. Did you happen to come up with another Ringo song? I, I, I know what we, we're getting to an hour. Yes, we gotta get to <laughs> yeah, I know we gotta get to Paul. So yes, my my second choice um is and I, I can't believe I it, this is another one that I can't believe wasn't a single, which is uh, I'm the greatest of uh, well, Ringo. You've got I mean that oh, is sure, yeah. such a fun song, uh course. You know, John wrote it, wrote it perfectly for Ringo's personality, features, you yeah. know, a sense of humor. It's catchy. Um, I mean, there are so many songs from Ringo when you come to think of it that they could have been singles. Um, yeah. I mean, you could practically have released almost anything, you know, from it because it was such a solid piece of. of it uh, even has rock. the Billy Shears line, line at, at the end. So, which exactly. Might, you know, so you've got the nostalgic, nostalgic You've got the, the Beatles, nostalgic yeah. factor. You've got the Beatles connection. Great vocal performance from Ringo, and it's it's catchy as hell. You know, it really is. Choice. That's that's so Good that's choice. a yeah. That would definitely be uh, so. Uh, yeah. So all right. So should we uh, move on to? Uh, I uh, think it's about to, uh, unless we should end the show because no, 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 we have a lot more to go with uh, Uncle Paul. So yeah, it's Uncle uh, Paul. We're gonna start. We're gonna start with Kit. We've been doing it that way. That's why yep, I'm sure. same way. Okay, let's go, Kit. Well, you're on. I think first of all, and and I admit I'm a little I'm a little prejudiced about this, a little biased toward it. Um, I wish Man had been released uh, as a single. It would have been a nice follow up uh, to Say Say Say. Of course, at the time, Michael Jackson was hot, hot, hot. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, so, and it actually was supposed to be released as a single right. That's uh, right. at one point and, uh, and wasn't uh, for label disputes, I believe it was. And so I, I really, you know, it's a, I know not everybody loves the song, but I think it had, you know, a lot of commercial potential and, you know, and it's also catchy, just, uh, you know, their voices blended so well together. But again, it would have, I, I think if they had released that rather than, you know, perhaps as a follow-up rather than So Bad, which I love So Bad, by the way. Hmm. But if he was just interested in selling, you know, more copies of Pipes of Peace, probably it would have been a better idea to release The Man or maybe after So Bad or, you know, something uh, something like that. So, um, so as I said, I'm a little biased, but, <laughs> but The Man, <laughs> for obvious reasons, but I, I think the, the Man would have been a, a stellar um, single. Um, so many people below have been... Uh, recommending uh, ones that I had on my list too. Um, too. Yep. So, I mean, I could just pick from ones, but I think uh, I, I thought ballroom dancing mm. uh, would have been a good single. It's a lot of uh, number one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Sorry. Isn't it? No. No, uh, no, that's a great choice. I must say. And it, well, and again, that's, that's just another case of, I can't believe that wasn't a single. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it was just a, pure Paul, 
you know, track. It was fun. It was, you know, had it was danceable, was catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, of course, then it did get more exposure and give my regards to Broad Street. But, uh, but I don't know, you know, why that wasn't picked. I mean, either they'll take it away. I completely agree. That was a great lead single. Um, but, um, yeah, and Ebony and Ivory, of course, before uh, that. Right. But, um, but I think Ballroom Dancing would have been, you know, a great follow-up for, for those two. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about, how, and how about you, Tom? Well, I, I did something different with Ballroom Dancing. I did Ballroom Dancing as a double A side with Wanderlust. Um, both of those songs, to me, I think are, are extraordinary off of uh, Tug of War. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think either one would have done fine but themselves, but I think they're both very strong songs that um, a double A side would have been pretty cool if, if you know he would have done that with, 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 that, with those two songs. Um, we talked before about uh, tomorrow, so maybe I won't mention that. But um, from VSMRs, you know, there's um, uh, what was the uh, um, what was the second single after um, "Letting Go"? Yeah, "Letting Go." Thank you. I think "Letting Go" is a good song, but for me personally, I I think "Call Me Back" is a more commercial song, and I think it would have been a better follow-up to um, uh, listen to what the man said. Um, that was a runner-up for friend. me. I completely <laughs> agree. I, I just think you know that um, I think the, the the horns on that are are really stellar. The vocals are great, and I think it's just the all-around you know, as I say, pure McCartney song. I'm not saying "Letting Go" is a bad song, but I just think um, "Call Me Back" is just a little bit more commercial, in my opinion, uh, compared to "Letting Go." So those are my two picks. Hmm. I wonder if Kent's with me on. I don't know. I like "Letting Go" as as uh, I like the song a lot, uh, and I like that as a as a single. Uh, and I also enjoy the hell out of "Call Me Back Again" as an album track. Right. For me personally, right. I don't see it working as a single. But Fair who's, who's right? Who's wrong? I'm yeah. with you, Joe. And "Letting Go" is a tremendous song. And the problem with "Letting Go" is I always loved the version from Venus and Mars. Mm-hmm. Until I heard the version from Wings Over America. I think it's such mm-hmm. a much better version when it's done live. And when he does it live now, it sounds right. fantastic with the horns and everything. To me, Letting Go is the Let Me Roll It of Venus and Mars. Uh, now I look at it, it really had uh, you know, a great edge to it. The brass is wonderful. Um, I definitely didn't have a problem with that being a single. Although the problem with Venus and Mars for me is that Venus and Mars rock show, I think should have been the second single and the <laughs> full version, if that was yeah, the, at all possible. The, the single right. edit was horrible. And mm-hmm. um, because Letting Go didn't do as well as a single, then I think right. that Venus and Mars rock show didn't perform as well as it should have. Venus and mm-hmm. Mars rock show is, I don't know why you don't hear that more on the radio today. It's, I it's agree. A great, it's a great album track, title track, just like Ben on the Run to me. Right. And um, now, but Call Me Back Again, I see as an album track and a real strong one. It's like mm-hmm. his Oh Darling of that time, right. you know? Yeah. Cool. All right. So, so my so choices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's. Um, I thought you were on. <laughs> You're on. Just two. Just two. I think um, <laughs> Kit was reading my list here because <laughs> I, I had to say, and it's it's kind of like I don't even have to think about this. Mm. Ballroom dancing, 
what happened? Yeah. yeah. You know, it just screamed <laughs> single. Yeah. And um, with tug of war, it, don't ever knock success. I've always believed that. Ebony and Ivory was the number one single for seven weeks. Take It Away hit number 10. You can't go wrong with those songs. But the title track to Tug of War over Ballroom Dancing, does that right. make any sense at all? Tug yeah. of War is a great song, wonderful song, yeah, yeah. great title track, but it's not a single. No. You know, Ballroom Dancing had hit, hit record all over it. Um, yeah so catchy his vocals are fantastic the whole production the horn section george martin's work was tremendous everything about ballroom dancing was perfect and what really kills me about this <laughs> a year or two later the kinks came out with come dancing oh, yeah. right. very similar <laughs> as far as the topic matter about looking mm -hmm. back at your youth and going to the dance and it's very similar those two songs so <laughs> ballroom dancing is is the biggest missed opportunity in Paul's solo yeah. career. It really should have been a single. No yeah, question about that, as I far agree. as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. And I also have to agree with you, kid, about the man. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of other songs in Paul's solo career that I love more than that. Me but too. collaboration and the way they sounded together, and like you said, Michael Jackson was hot, hot, hot. Mm -hmm. You know, it would have at least went top ten. Exactly. Especially off the heels of a number one song with Say, Say, Say. I never would have picked So Bad as a second single. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I love the song. I, I love, love it fact, too. I love the fact Ringo's in it. It's a nice video. But the man should have been the second single. And um, in fact, I wouldn't have even made So Bad a single. Probably mm -hmm. through, our, through Our Love is a better love song than So Bad. So um, I like I like yeah. so bad quite quite a bit. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, as a single, okay. um, I don't like the man at all. But even like we said at the beginning, though, um, you know, it's not a matter of what you necessarily right. like. It might, right. it might be something you can't stand, but it would make a great single. But I'm right. I'm not sure for me that other than the fact that it's the connection between Michael Jackson and Paul that it would be a great catchy single or anything yeah, either. and you know you, you, yeah you guys don't think overexposure would have came into play with if the man was released i mean that would have been like the third you know duet and then you know tug of war is the number one album you know um thriller is the number one album i mean those guys were all over the place during during that time and i just feel like maybe and not saying that i you know i if it was a single i would have i probably would have got it you know? yeah but, uh, um but I, I, I do think there's such a thing as, you know, you know, overexposure and, you know, putting too much out at, you know, so close together. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you've got cases of, of duets from people like, um, you know, Barbra Streisand with Barry Gibb, three hit yeah. singles from the same album. That but, same album you know, actually, yeah. you know, two of them yeah. were duets. But right. um, yeah, that can happen. I mean, if it was a couple of albums in a row of all duets, it would be right. getting out of hand. I don't think it was too much at the time. Mm. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, and again, Michael Michael was so huge yeah. the time that I think people would have scooped up that single. Absolutely. Right. Probably. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Can yeah. I mention a few more, like honorable mentions? Sure, as long as you don't take any of mine. Okay, well, why don't you, do, you do yours first. You do your oh, first. that's fair. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Well, you know, I'm just going to get this out of the way. I, I would have picked maybe I'm amazed first and foremost, this 1970 version, because even, but that's not one of my picks because we're not really saying it, but I got it in anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I figure, yeah, you know, 
it was issued in 76, the live version, uh, as a single and everything. But in 1970, you didn't know. There was, you know, <laughs> that was the future then, you know. So uh-huh. I could have saw them in 70 putting it out. I, that still boggles my mind that that wasn't a single in 1970. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm also partial to Every Night, and I'm wondering yeah. if that had s- single potential. If, that was, uh, that was if, a runner-up for me, too. Yeah. If Maybe a Maze was released as a single, I think that would have been a great follow-up single. I don't think it would have made a good first single. Right. Very no, good. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a bunch of them. I'm going to go with Eat at Home, which mm. I think is a powerful track from Ram. Uh, zippy and, you know, catchy commercial kind of sound. And uh, I got more, but I'm going to leave uh, the rest for Ken because I know he's got a lot that he's probably uh, aching to say. Just a few <laughs> others. Just a few others. I always felt that Cafe on the Left Bank should have been a single. Love oh, that Tom song. Brennan Love agrees it. with you. Oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Tom Brennan. Tom Brennan. Yeah, yeah. Timing. <laughs> Tom, you and I are just. And, that, and that's know, oftentimes um, yeah. almost my number one song that I'd like to see him do live, believe it or not, if he's going to yeah. pick something. I yeah. always come up with that song. Well, Uncle Albert's my number one if they could ever somehow figure it out how to do yeah. it. But um, when London Town came out and you had With a Little Luck, number one song there, then he follows it with I've Had Enough. And I know a lot of people like I've Had Enough. I love I've Had Enough. But I think Cafe and the Left Bank was more melodic. I think it was catchier. Um, had a bit of an edge to it. I think that would have worked better as a second single than I've had enough. And then London Town, you know, I like the song a lot. Again, I don't think I would have made that a single the same way yeah. I would have made Tug of War a single. No, no. Yeah, so, I agree. So maybe with Little Luck, Cafe on the Left Bank, I've had enough. Yeah. Those should what have been guys, the singles. What do you guys think yeah. of uh, the song Devil's Radio as the fourth Potential. I had that on my I had that on yeah. my list. Yeah, I think I think that's a great choice for a commercial, and it's about the radio. You know, it's yeah. another right. thing. You know, right. it's just occurring to me as I was yeah. talking about. But I have that on my list just because it's so damn catchy and uh, yep. you know intense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I also put down um, 1985, but then again, yes. you already have that three singles from Band on the Run, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I think that's that's one of his best post Beatles songs. Period. Nineteen eighty-five. You know, the whole sound of it, the pianos pumping and everything, and oh, I think that could have been a hit. The, the Span on the Run could have had more than three hits. Throw out whatever we sure. real quick, whatever we can think of. Faster, George Harrison. Well, was that a single? That was, I know there was a video. in the UK. In the UK. Oh, it was in the UK. Okay. Like, yeah. I, knew there was a, I knew there was a video to that. But. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Mm. That's what makes it confusing when you've got videos for songs mm. and you think that it has to be a single here. Yep. And, and it is yeah, like not I, have been. So. Yeah, I didn't think it was in the US. But Heart of the Country? Yes. No. Well, I mean, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't a single. It wasn't a single, but. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. Think, uh, I love that. I don't know. An edited version of some people maybe know. I think six minutes is way too long. I think if they brought it down to maybe a three forty-five, um, I thought maybe uh, could see a little potential there. Um, but Fish uh, on the Sand by Mark Mark B. Yes. Fish on the sand. Excellent. Good, good <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. But, tomorrow, but the one that always comes to mind for me for Paul is tomorrow. I think that's the one. Yeah. That's, I always consider a lost opportunity for a single. That's uh-huh. one that I think could be 
am I am I, am I right or wrong? Uh, could be trimmed a little bit the end of that. No, for a single. I mean, I don't think it's hard. Hard. I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. already under four minutes. Well, I mean, time, not so much the length, except the repetition of it. I don't know. Well, it's like so the full ending. You have a right. false ending there, and then the band comes back. Right. But part of the appeal is that and Paul's rough, edgy vocals in the song. Right. Yeah. Oh, I know that. I just wonder if yeah. it would work on as a radio uh, top, you know, top ten, uh, top forty. Mm -hmm. I think it would make the top forty, probably top twenty. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I was also I always loved Love Is Strange, and mm -hmm. I always thought that that could work as a single. Great cover of that song. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other song from Paul that I would definitely consider, we're talking duets before, how about What's That You're Doing? Oh, oh so yeah, right? Tense about that. I love that song. Yeah. I love it. But I was like, would it have, you know, commercial potential? I just, I couldn't decide. But but I agree. I love that song. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's so I would have made Tug of War, Ebony and Ivory, Either ballroom dancing, take it away, interchangeable, and then what's that you're doing? Yep. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's me. And I love Wanderlust. Don't get me wrong, Tom. Yeah. I oh, just yes. don't see that as a as a hit. But you know, we all have different Who opinions. Exactly. Yep. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Uh, is that it? Anybody have any last uh, choices? Uh, One more. Just go, go ahead. One more. <laughs> One more. One from George that I think we all overlooked here, which got a ton of airplay when it came out, is a waiting Love on comes to everyone. No, no, no. <laughs> that was a single. That was on my list. That was oh, on my geez. list. Uh, Love comes to everyone was a single. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> a, waiting, a waiting on you all. So I, waiting on you all. I, you know, I would have made that a third single. I, from, I consider that too, but I don't think you could, you know, do two songs from one album that are, you know, preachy. If you will, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because as great as, <laughs> as great as that song is, you know, I, I just think that maybe that might have been, you know, asking the listener too much, you know. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Apple scruffs. Yep, yeah. we had a vote for that. Yeah. Well, yes. That was a B side. Yeah. In mm -hmm. fact, before we close here. We talked about songs that were B-sides. There were album tracks that made it as B-sides to singles, and yet we feel could have been hits, A-sides. Yeah. How about Too Many People being the B-side of Uncle Albert R. Mulhalsey? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Does or that make any yeah. sense at all? Yeah. And then, and then, how about Beware My Love being the B-side of Let Him In? Come yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, Beware exactly. My Love could have been a hit. Yeah. Early then, 1970, I thought could have been a hit. But I, I do course, like I the way from he, an album, though. I think I agree. I think "But Where My Love" could be a, could have been a hit if, if done right. But I also like the uh, contrast in that that single. You know, you got "Let Him In" is so like you know mellow, and Paul. Then you turn it around and you get this real rocker. So right, I like yeah. I like that. You know. Switch. Cool. Well, uh, uh, let's see, folks. I think that uh, kicks it in the head for this particular edition. Uh, why don't we? Why don't, why don't we go around and uh, talk about you know our contact information and stuff like that, and where people can write to us or what we do and so on. All right. So let's. Uh, I'm doing this the order I see everybody. So let's start with Kit. 
All right. Well, for all oh, before I do that, Mark P uh, just nominated Magneto and Titanium Man. My favorite. My favorite. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh man. This is your favorite you have a problem with that song. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What is it about it? This is this is an ongoing, on uh, running joke. Um, okay. Well. As always, uh, you can find me at uh, kiddotool.com and on Twitter at kiddotool. This weekend, if you're if you're listening, um, the week of February third on February eighth, I am going to be at the Museum of Broadcast Communications uh, down in downtown Chicago. They're having a Beatles bash this weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, they're going to have it's sort of to celebrate the the anniversary of. Uh, February 9th of the Ed Sullivan appearance. So uh, I'm going to be on a panel with Robert Rodriguez and Wally Pedrazic, two people we all we all know and love. Uh, and we are going to be doing a panel on the Beatles on TV. So cool. it should be interesting. It's so interesting. that, yeah. yeah, it really will be fun. So that is Saturday, February 8th. Uh, I believe our panel is at uh, 2 o'clock Central Time. Uh, I don't know. People have asked me if it's going to be taped. I don't know. Uh, but if it is, I will definitely find out. I, I hope it will be. There's uh, American English, which is a big uh, tribute, mm. uh, Beatles tribute band out here. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be playing. They're going to be showing films. It's, it's just going to be a, a big, big party. So uh, I'll post information on it. And uh, also the very next day on February 9th, I am going to be on a program called Gabby Road. (laughs) And um, and it's it's a really cute title uh, where I will be talking about the Beatles first appearance on Ed Sullivan. I believe I will be on the air on there like at about 1115 Central Time, 1215 Eastern. You can listen on WCGO 1590 AM or 95.9 FM. You can also listen online, their Facebook uh, Facebook live stream, or tune in. Again, I will send all the information. Uh, I'll post all the information on my page. So it's going to be a busy weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Tom. Well, uh, we had a busy two weeks myself. Um, first of all, for some unknown reason, don't know why Facebook has never gotten back to me, but our original Two Legs Facebook page um, got unpublished. Don't know why, uh, what happened. Yeah, so I put up a new page. So everybody that was did like the page, if you don't mind going back to the Two Leg Facebook page, uh, it's, it's brand new. And uh, if you don't mind going heading over there and liking it, and uh, that's where you'll find a lot of the info about uh, myself and uh, the Two Legs show and my co-host, Andy Nichols. Um, I was uh, guest hosted on When They Was Fab two weeks ago with our friend Ed Chen. We did the uh, the many drug busts of Paul and Linda McCartney, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, had a good time with that. Um, last weekend, I did a I did a show uh, a live chat with a, a new friend that, that uh, me and Mr. Mayo knows. His name is Adam. He goes by Record Crate on YouTube, and we did the uh, the last seven. Uh, LPs and CDs we listened to. Uh, we showed, you know, we had a you know nice discussion about all of those. So if you want to head over to uh, YouTube and check out uh, Record Crate and uh, subscribe to him, he's he's got a lot of fun videos there. Um, the last um, two leg show we just published last week, and that was with uh, Ken Michaels co-host Alan Cooley. Mm-hmm. It was uh, part two of our look at uh, Paul's classical work, and we talked about the uh, Standing Stone album. 
And, uh, and uh, Alan also gave us an update on the uh, McCartney Legacy book that he's working on with uh, Adrian Sinclair. So look for that later this year, maybe October. Um, next up, um, we're going to have Robert, Robert Rodriguez on the show, as Kit just mentioned. And she also uh, agreed to come back on Two Legs later this cool. month for a uh, McCartney-Jackson uh, show. So I look forward to that. Uh, you can yeah, you can email two legs at two legs uh, podcast at gmail.com. We're on uh, Facebook, we're on Twitter, Instagram at two legs podcast, and also check us out on YouTube at two legs podcast as well. So there you go. So busy, busy. Oh, over that's, phew, that's a lot. I don't know. If I'm, wow. I know. Okay. Sorry God. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I'm going to throw mine in there. Just subscribe yeah. to meet Mr. Mayo on YouTube. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> uh, that's all I got to say. No, hey, and I'm available. Anybody, anybody want me on any of your podcasts? Just you know, ask. We'll come up with the topic. Okay. Uh, so there's nothing really I have, to, I have else to say. Nothing new on there. Just uh, the usual. Uh, Ken, how about you? Anything? Well, new? you guys are so busy. Tom, two legs is sizzling. Thank you. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, this coming Wednesday night, the live broadcast of my show, Every Little Thing, will have as my theme, guess what? Songs that should have been singles. <laughs> I timed it perfectly to coincide right. with this show. There you go. Only it's a mixture of Beatles and solo. So that's this Wednesday night on WNHU in West Haven, Connecticut. You can stream it at WNHU.org. And that's at 8 o'clock Eastern time. All right. And that's just a one hour show. Um, also, as I said earlier, I just did an interview with Kifo Nilsson. Harry Nilsson had seven kids. He was very prolific. <laughs> Kifo is the uh, next to youngest of his kids. And we talked about his life with his dad. Unfortunately, he was only eight when his dad passed away. But um, he talks about his music and the new album, Lost and Found, which he plays bass on. And he also talks about the new, as I said, the 50th anniversary um, edition of The Point on Blu-ray, which he was involved with, and his own musical career. That's on my website at kenmichaelsradio.com on interviews page four. By the way, a couple of years ago, I interviewed Zach Nilsson. Yeah. That's Harry's first son. Yeah. So on the same page, you've got Kifo, you got Zach. You got two Nilsons for the price of one right there <laughs> on that one page. So if you're a Harry Nilsson fan, you can listen to both of his sons there on my page. Um, also, things we said today, there'll be a new show out Thursday or Friday with Darren DeVivo and Alan Cozen. And that show, just like this show, you can find on Podbean, on YouTube, on iTunes. And, uh, of course, on my website every single week, I have Beatles Trivia. There'll be one posted right after the show tonight on the Beatles Trivia and Games page. You can win one of nine prizes, including Kit's wonderful book, Songs We Were Singing, <laughs> and uh, so many other great prizes. Uh, Ken Womack's book, Solid State, Peter Asher's new book, a lot of great things all there on the <laughs> website. Uh, KenMichaelsRadio.com. I think that covers everything. Oh, if you yeah. want to email me, if you want to email me directly, oh, it's every little thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking. <laughs> every little thing at ATC.net. All right. Uh -oh. And before we go, oh. we have to also mention you can get a hold of us. 
um, at, uh, well, first you can follow us at uh, Talk More Talk One on Twitter. Uh, obviously, you know about our Facebook page, and you can also email us at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. We want to hear your stories and uh, your ideas for stories. In fact, here's uh, one idea for a show that Mark uh, P. already sent. What about songs that were singles but shouldn't have been? So there you go. You know, there could be, yeah. So, I mean, there are, there are you know, we want to hear your ideas. So, so yes. Well, okay, that that sounds good. Yeah. Kit, this is going to be quite a challenge for you to upload. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last, the last one was was pretty tough, but nope, I can uh, handle it. <laughs> okay, and now how do you how do you how do you get out of here? Uh, now you say for Kiddo Tool, Tom Hanyati, Ken Michaels. This is me, Mr. Mayo, Joe Mayo, saying peace and love, everyone. That's Take the care. only way. Peace and love. What? <laughs>